Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of The Code. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix with Physio Room. And today we're talking to Simon Escorcia. He is a youth running coach here in the Denver area, runs a program called the Colorado Coyotes. And um, he's a runner himself. He's a dad. Like so many of us, he's moved here to Colorado. And uh, he's joining us today on The Code. So, Simon, thank you so much for being here and chatting with me. Hey, Andrew. uh, Happy to be here. Um, Talk a little bit about the Colorado Coyotes Youth Running Club and uh, youth running in particular and anything else we want to hit today. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And, you know, off air, Simon and I were just talking a little bit about running, um, you know, little injuries and things that we've had, races we've done. And um, and that's what we're going to get into specifically on this show. We work with a lot of runners at Physio Room. There are a lot of runners out here in Colorado. and, And Simon runs an unbelievable youth program out here and you know so many people if you can get into running at an early age and really learn like how to do it how to do it well and properly keep yourself injury free it can really be something that you do for potentially a lifetime yep right so um you know simon what would be awesome is if you just you know sort of share your background a little bit um you know what you were doing how you got out here to colorado and how you got to you know starting this uh this program Yeah. So um, for the most part, I kind of grew up in Burlington, Iowa, which is southeast Iowa on the Mississippi. And my dad was a um, runner and a cyclist. So he kind of got me into that at at an early age. Um, So I kind of started doing that in middle school. It's kind of one of those things where we would just go to local 5Ks and run. Um, So I ran track and cross country in high school. And then after that, I went on to Luther College in Decorah, Iowa, Division Three school, and ran cross-country and track there as well. Um, after college, you know, I probably took a little break from running, kind of did some other things, basketball, weightlifting, yeah. um, did some casual running, and I got back into it around, I think around the age of 27. And I was like, Hey, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go run the, the Denver marathon for, for some reason there. And, you know, at the time I hadn't even run a half marathon, um, but jumped right into running the Denver marathon. And probably a week before the marathon, I had a bunch of shin pain, still mm-hmm. ran the marathon. I ran like a 327, I want to say. Afterwards, I realized I actually had a stress fracture. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was it was it was kind of a painful marathon, and it was one of those things where uh, you know doing a little too much too soon got myself into some trouble. But after that, from the age of 27, um, you know, I kind of kept on running, and I think I've ran maybe 14 marathons awesome. since then. Got my marathon down to I hit the high two fourth. Two, two hours and 43 minutes twice at Los Angeles and then Indianapolis Monumental. And then uh, I kind of took a little bit of a break. We started Colorado Cody's about six years ago, and that really kind of consumes my time for some of my personal running. But it's been great in terms of the, the youth development. And 
As a side note, I'm actually running the Lincoln, Nebraska marathon here in a couple uh, May 1st. So okay. that'll be personally my first marathon since 2017. Oh, wow. So kind of coming out of retirement. Been a while. Speak. Yep. So Five that, years. That's kind of my personal running uh, mm-hmm. story anyway. So, you know, and I was chatting with somebody on uh, another show about her running experience. You know, she's an ultra marathoner. Yep. Um, you know, I've never run more than 15 miles before. Yep. So, you know, when I hear, you know, yourself or like Tristan here in the gym, people talk about running tens and twenties of, of marathon reps. Um, I've never run that distance once. So it's, it's kind of blows my mind a little bit with the the races that you've run marathon specifically. Sure. Is there one in particular that was, you know, like your favorite course to run? You know, yes. Um, it, you know, I've kind of hit some of the majors I've run Boston, I've run New York. Um, you know, New York's definitely incredible. Um, those are my only majors I've hit and I've done like mm-hmm. Los Angeles, some of the bigger ones too. Yeah. Um, you know, probably Personally, one of my favorites, though, is the uh, the Monumental Marathon in Indianapolis, which I have run twice. And, uh, you know, kind of like for me and my level where I was, you know, a, a semi-competitive guy, I loved it because it's, you know, a 3,000, 4,000 person race. Mm-hmm. One of those races where you can stay downtown at your hotel, walk three blocks, you're right at the starting line. Like, yeah. You know, you, you're not, it's not, you're not dealing with the logistics of a Chicago or a New York where, you're waking up two to three hours before your race and hopping on various modes of transportation just to get you to the race. So mm-hmm. uh, I kind of liked it from that angle. And then also it's a, it's a very competitive marathon too, for being such a small marathon. Um, the course is fast. And the course is fast too. I, I think it's probably comparable to Chicago in terms mm-hmm. of being a, a flat, fast course. Yeah. And then it's also, it's always the, I believe it's the first Saturday in November. Cool. So you know that the weather's typically going to be perfect for you. Yeah. Actually, the year I set my my PR, it was like 28 degrees out. So it was it was pretty chilly, but I, I actually don't mind that. Where again, you know, you run a Chicago in October and you can have a, a high of 70 degrees. Yeah, it could be pretty humid. So it could. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, the Chicago's had their um, you know black flag warnings out there as well. Some of those years where it does get so hot. So that that's probably my my go to race. Like if you were looking for you know mm-hmm. a PR type race of ones that I personally run. Yeah. yeah. No. No. I love that. I'll have to go check that race out because I've been to Indianapolis a couple times. Yeah. I love the town. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's like yeah. a big a big little town type yep. of thing. Like it's got all the things you need, but it's not massive like a yeah. Chicago or yep. like a like an LA or something like that. Um, but I've not, I've not really run there before. Um, and I'm totally with you. I would rather run if the weather's a little bit chilly compared to being, you know, 10 degrees warmer than you want it anyways, because, you know, throw a pair of gloves on or throw a hat on and maybe, maybe ditch it halfway through the race if you're getting too hot. Exactly. So, okay. So you've run a handful of marathons yourself. You've got the first one in the last five years coming up here in, uh, in about a month. Uh, but you said you started the Colorado Coyotes youth program six years ago. Yes. So, so where did that come from? Like what sort of spawned the, the initiation of, uh, starting that youth program? Yeah. So at the time, um, well, the year before we started it, my daughter who would have been in fifth grade at the time and my son who was, seven years old at the time, we actually did a youth running program through Cocapelli and Cocapelli's based out of Colorado Springs. Lisa Rainsberger is their coach. And then they have a smaller team in, um, in Castle Rock, um, headed up by Adam Christians, both great people anyway. So at the time, that's how we got our kids into it. Yeah. 
And we're like, oh, this is really cool. The only downside is at the time is, you know, I think practices might have started at 430 and we were grabbing our kids, trying to rush to Castle Rock and kind of the logistics of making it to a couple practices from where we lived. You know, that could be a 15 to 20 minute sure. commute, you know, every, you know, those days of practices um, was, was a little bit tough for us. So my wife and I, we decided, hey, let's just start up our own youth running program anyway, because yeah. we got kids in the program. Um, we also knew uh, Ava Mitchell, who's one of my daughter's best friends still and runs together even now. So we're like, hey, we got these two. Let's start up our own youth program yeah. and kind of see where this goes. So um, our first year, we just had two practice locations um, at Powell Middle School in Clement Park. And I think I want to say we had like 38 kids our first year, Holy smokes. which actually, which actually really surprised me. Um, I, I, I was like, Hey, maybe we'll get 20 kids out here. Yeah, and sure. That would be great. And since then, I think we're in like our sixth year now. Um, our club has continued to grow. I think we're in the last cross country season. We had about 120 kids. We've got multiple locations mm -hmm. now. And I think we're probably the largest youth cross country club or youth running club in Colorado. Yeah. I mean, you know, being relatively new to Colorado, I've been here about two years. Um, I mean, I see those red singlets yeah. at all the races that we, that we go to kids of all, you know, a huge age spectrum. Yep. So like what, what are like some of the youngest age kids on the team and, and what's the age range there yeah. of people on your team? So the youngest, we typically say, um, you know, we're starting off at seven years old mm -hmm. and the oldest will go up to about 14 years old. So essentially eighth graders. Um, and then once they're out of middle school, they're going on to their high school team. So they wouldn't have any need for the coyotes at that point. They're, mm -hmm. they're running for their high school at that point. Um, so yeah, those are, those are kind of age ranges. And then when we get to the fall cross country season, mm -hmm. it's really nice because there are four age groups that the kids race in. There's an eight and under division. Um, they run two kilometers, nine to 10 years old run 3K, 11 to 12 run 3K, and then the 13 to 14 year olds run a 4K. And kind of the great thing about it is, is that it gradually progresses kids up to high school, right? So if you're a, an eighth grader, you're running a 4K at that point. The next year you go into high school, you're just bumping up a kilometer. Where yeah. is if you look at a lot of the, the, the middle schools that have cross-country programs. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I should say this. That was part of the reason we didn't start it up. Where we live in Littleton, they don't have middle school cross-country ah, okay. at our schools. Got so it. in order to the Cherry Creek schools. There are some areas like in Denver Public Schools, Highland Ranch, they, Highlands Ranch. They actually have cross-country through their middle school. So we didn't have mm -hmm. that option. Yeah. So again, we were kind of looking for, for something else. But kind of getting back to the middle schools you'll see a lot of times they'll only race like a mile and a half for eighth graders. Right? right. So if that's all your kid did and didn't do any five case, that's actually, it doesn't seem like much as in a, from an adult, yeah. but when you go from a mile and a half race up to a five K, you know, it's quite a bit different in terms yeah. of, you know, you're, you're working the aerobic system longer and the race strategies and all that differ. So that's kind of the nice advantage of the club system. I think it prepares kids a little bit better um, yeah. for, for high school. Yeah. I like that. And I didn't know that little uh, tidbit that you just mentioned about, you know, some of the district middle schools not having yep. cross country programs. Yep. Cause that was one of the things that, um, you know, sort of not confused me, but like I found was unique when I moved here is, you know, I would see programs like yours kids running at races. And I'm like, I don't remember having access to a, a youth running program like right. this when I was growing up back in Wisconsin, but my middle school did have cross country. Sure. Yep. So I ran middle school cross country. Yep. And what I remember was just like you said of, you know, eight and under progressing from the 2k as you get up to four, 13, 14 to the 4k distance. We, um, 
we ran, I think it was a mile in sixth grade. Okay. And then in seventh grade, we ran a mile and a half. And then in eighth grade, we raced a two mile. Okay. So yeah. it just progressed yep. by a half a mile every year. Um, and then of course, you know, I didn't end up running cross country in high school cause I was playing football. Sure. Um, so, but it would have been a 5k yeah. right when yep. you got into high school. So, so yeah, so that's interesting. It sounds like, you know, sort of out of a, in a way, almost out of like a need of like, okay, we're, we're part of this other program. We're kind of struggling to rush to the practices. Mm-hmm. Your kids are are running. We don't have access to it right immediately where we live. So why don't we just start our own? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and as we found out, there's definitely um, a need and an interest for a youth running program. Mm-hmm. And there was already, uh, you know, there's kind of like rec programs that did exist. Yep. And, you know, I always tell parents like rec is totally fine for, you know, a lot of kids, but they're, they're really structured different where, you know, the rec level, you know, oftentimes it's, you know, high school kids that are coaching there and kind of the level of training, you know, isn't um, quite as serious. And, you know, kind of what I, what I like to tell parents is like, I look at Colorado Coyotes to, as kind of one of our objectives is to prepare kids who want to run high school cross country, right? Mm -hmm. Like we want to get them there and get them that they can go in their freshman year. They can maybe compete for a varsity spot. They can, you know, handle the workloads. It's not a big shock to them. Yeah. And I, and I love that, you know, from the, the physical therapy type of seat that I'm sitting from, because I know one of the main factors that cause people to get hurt is like you said, with your uh, stress fracture, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I did a little bit too much too quickly. Right, right. And, and that's the main thing that causes people to have running related injuries. And I, I lumped that into a category that we call training errors. The error in training is progressing your volume more quickly than what your sure. body's able yep. to handle. Right. Yep. And what we know, uh, you know, a lot of times people, especially that move to town out here to Denver or Colorado is they're waiting for their aerobic system to kind of acclimate to the, uh, to the elevation and whatnot, but from a running or an exercise standpoint, your aerobic system, um, catches up or advances so much faster than what your tissues in your Definitely. body, your skeletal yep. and musculoskeletal yep. system is actually able to transition and change. So, you know, working with, you know, kids that are, you know, seven years old, um, up through that middle school, how have you battled some of that with, um, over the years that you've been running this program, dealing with this, like, Hey, we want to make sure we're progressing kids and getting them comfortable running, but avoiding running into running related injuries. Yeah. You know, that's a great point. And you know, where, where I really see it is, you know, I'm, I'm an assistant with the Arapahoe high school cross country team. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've noticed, you know, talking to high school coaches is they will often be very fearful of, Hey, we don't run high mileage and high mileage is a very subjective term that that can mean anything to, you know, some people think that's 30 miles a week. Others think that means high school kids are running 80 miles a week, but they, they, that's always one of the concerns with a lot of high school coaches. And what I've really observed is that it's not your top runners who get hurt. The kids that run almost, you know, close to year round where maybe they take off two weeks after cross country, two weeks after, track the kids that really get hurt are the kids who in track season they barely run over the winter first week of track they're doing two sessions of intervals they're going out hard and the same goes for cross country you know it it tends to be kind of like your jv kids and your open kids you know they don't train over the summertime they go from zero miles to 20 miles and again they can't handle it and those are the kids that are hurt so you know those are those are the kids that i really see 
hurt more often than say the top varsity kids, especially at the, at the high school level. So kind of, again, to your point, you know, I think that the, the youth running, running program, again, that helps get those kids ready for, for the high school level. And again, you know, it's the, just the strengthening of the tissues and the tendons that yeah. they um, are ready. But, but then also a big part of it is they, they go into high school and they know how to do workouts, right? If a coach says, Hey, I need you to run, you know, eight by 400 meters, they know how to pace themselves. Whereas like the freshman kid with no running experience, he's going all out the first couple two. he's struggling in the middle. And by the, you know, the last, he may not even be able to complete the session or he's, he's yeah. in a really, really bad spot too. So, you know, those, those are always kind of the advantages. And, you know, I, I say to parents all the time, like, like running truly is a, is a sport where if you have the natural talent, you, you can still succeed without doing youth running, right? Like, it, I mean, it's, it's no different than if you, you had a son who was six foot six and, you know, he, he may never have played basketball at club growing up in middle school, the high school team's going to find a spot for him, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have the natural ability, you, you can still excel, um, but whether or not it, you know, puts you in an optimum position, you know, yeah. that, that's definitely up for debate. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And you're, you're totally right that there's a protective mechanism that happens when you do exercise running in this case over and over and over. And there's, you know, what some of the running literature says, and I I think I've probably mentioned this on other episodes is um, people who run, and these are mostly adult studies, but I think the same thing is probably true for children running between two and five days a week is where the least running related injuries happen. Sure. People who run less than two days a week yep. and more than five, yep. that's where the injuries happen. And it's because, you know, you're either not, not in, um, uh, introducing your body to enough strain so that you can modify and change your tissues because of it, or you're just going way too much. And usually what we end up finding on the, the higher end is it's, it's not necessarily the running that's causing the injury. It's the lack of recovery, the nutrition, the lack of sleep, other factors at play that likely lead to some of these injuries. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, having kids in a program where there was a lot of consistency built in to adapt their body, to tolerate the demands of what will likely be coming in high school. Um, yeah, it makes, makes great sense to me and can stave off a lot of those potential yeah. injuries. And I think, you know, one of the the challenges with, with running. And I always tell kind of some of our, you know, top kids at the high school level and, you know, at that level. And then again, if you continue to go on and run in college and Mm -hmm. run after, and, and, you know, if you're taking it competitively, there is a fine line between being in the best shape of your life and being injured. Yeah. And if you do this sport long enough and honestly, probably any sport, right. Basketball, football, anything you're, you're going to cross that line. And I mean, I've, I've been running since I was, you know, 13, 14 years old. And I've probably had every single injury that there is for the most part, I've been pretty healthy, but yeah. I've had marathons that I've had to scrap. And that's just, you know, the way sports work at a, at a very high level. And you kind of have to come to grasp with that, mm-hmm. that, you know, if you're, if you're not riding that fine line, and again, that's where good coaching can come in to help. But yeah. um, e- even the best coaching in the world, you're still going to have, you know, programs and kids that, uh, that, that develop injuries, unfortunately. So, yeah, you're totally right. And, you know, I, I too have been in that same situation where, you know, you've got to modify something or you are unable to participate in an event that you had planned because your body's just not letting you at that time. And that is absolutely part of it with, with athletics. I heard a statistic on the radio, 
uh, I think it was yesterday that in the NBA season, which is, you know, winding down here to the playoffs, yeah. there are only five players in the entire NBA that played in every single game this season. Yeah. Yep. Everybody else, except for those five people have missed at least one game this year. Right. Probably a lot of those due to injury or rest or recovery. Some due to, you know, just taking days off to right. rest the body. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that statistic is huge And any, you know, any high level sport, you're going to see that where it's not usually a matter of like, if someone's going to get hurt, it's when, when right. is that going to happen? Yeah. And how are you, what's it going to be and how are you going to handle it? Um, so you said at this point in time, Simon, the Colorado Coyotes is probably, um, like the biggest youth running program in Colorado. Um, you said you started with two practice locations. Is that right? Yes. Where do yeah. you guys practice now or how many different like practice oh, locations and how many like coaches and whatnot do you guys have yes. on your team? So we have, um, so originally we just kind of started with our Centennial and Littleton locations anyway. Mm -hmm. And then we gradually moved into kind of the Denver tech center. So now we have two additional practices here and kind of in terms of kids that brought in a lot of kids that were in like the Cherry Creek school district, which mm -hmm. really boosted the, the, the size of the club. Sure. Um, so now we have essentially two practices in Littleton, two in the tech center and one kind of middle of Centennial Littleton. And then just last year, we moved into the Denver location. We had some parents that lived in, or a mom that lived in the Central Park area, and, yep. aka Old Stapleton anyway. And she was kind of struggling to get her child down to the Westland. So kind of the same problem I had five years ago. Yeah. You know, so she asked me, she's like, hey, what if we had a practice up here in Central Park? And this was like two weeks before the fall season <laughs> was about to start. And I was like, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not against it anyway. And, you know, and I was like, let's, let's give it a shot. So we started up there and we, we really didn't advertise outside of the club. And she did some, you know, got the word out on kind of some like Facebook moms groups and yeah. stuff like that. And ended up with, I want to say like 12 or so kids, which again, That's really surprised me. And they're almost all from Central Park area. Yeah, too. Yeah. It was a really confined, small area anyway. So we started that up in the last fall anyway, and then kind of going into the spring summer here, mm -hmm. we advertised that a little bit more and got the word out. And we have we're having one of our our practices at uh, Great Lawn Park in Denver, so kind of a little bit south of Central Park. Mm -hmm. And just as week's our first week anyway, so we're kind of getting a handful of numbers, but we probably have around. 30 some kids down wow. just at the Denver location. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, that's been great. And the, the interest has been really high there. And, you know, again, for me always, right. It's, it's trying, like, I don't, I don't want to grow that fast. And I've had other coaches and Hey, can you guys set up a club and, you know, Thornton and, you know, Westminster. And, and obviously the, the hard part is, you know, is, you know, you need to find good coaches, which, you know, we've been very fortunate to do. We kind of have a combination of, coaches that um, are parents and so they have kids on the team which does sure. work out really well hey if I got to take my kid to practice anyway and I can help coach you know that's a great scenario and then we have a lot of um, other assistant coaches that we've just brought in kind of you know they're all former runners and 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 that's kind of the difference to kind of believe it or not you know at the, at the high school level you'll have a lot of coaches who don't run with the kids right and being at the youth level we almost always have to be able to run with the kids, right? Cause we've got like seven year olds and, and it's different too. You know, when you get to the high school level, the coach can be like, Hey guys, go run six to seven miles and you're running on roads or, you know, and all that. 
and it's it's kind of limited supervision. Whereas we actually have to be out there with the kids, so yeah. we got we got to keep them under eye. So it's 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 actually more important for us that we hire parents that can still get out there and run and um, try to keep up with the kids. And I mean, I mean, we've got some. I mean, we got some really fast middle school boys now that you know. There's I can't keep up with them. Yeah. You know? So they're they're running. You know low five minutes for the mile or faster. So, you know, you gotta, uh, it, it can be a struggle sometimes yeah. keeping your eye on them. If, uh, especially there'll be, there's probably one practice where we'll kind of go off site and go down to the Highland Canal with some of our older kids anyway. But, um, that's, you know, always something in the back of my mind too, is we got to structure practices in a way where kids are, kids are safe and in a, in a good environment. We can keep, keep our eye on them. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you're a parent, yep. um, you know, any sport or any activity after school program, whatever, whatever it is, the, uh, you know, the parents are putting the trust in whoever's organizing that, that their kids are going to be safe while they're there. So that makes perfect sense. You know, no parent probably is going to want their seven-year-old going off and running by themselves um, because, you know, they've got a mind of their own and they may wander off and go somewhere else. So yeah, yeah. that, that makes perfect sense and and totally different than, than most high school programs. Right. Right. And and kids are funny too, right? Cause they, sometimes they'll learn how to kind of like game the system and, you know, we'll be doing a, a workout that might last 20 minutes and you get the kid four minutes into the workout. Hey, coach Simon, can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> you know, and maybe there's a, there's a bathroom at the park or it's a porto. And like, sometimes, you know, I'll start focusing on the other kids and you realize that kid's been in like the porta potty for 10 minutes. Cause he knows, <laughs> he knows that's his way to kind of get out of the workout too. Oh, that's so funny. that's, that's the, the challenges of, uh, of dealing with some <laughs> elementary school kids too. Yeah. And you know, what I love is, you know, you're, you're building a, a community because, mm-hmm. you know, I played youth sports. I think I started, I think softball was my first organized team sport that I ever played. My, my mom especially was a little nervous of me playing like hard pit, like hardball, hard, ball, hard yeah. fast pitch baseball. And, um, even though it started as T-ball, she was like, well, I know this is going to turn into like, you know, you're pitching the ball and she was afraid of me getting hit. So she's like, well, how about we do underhand softball? So I get into that. I think I was like six or seven. It was like, maybe it was that transition from six to seven. Cause my birthday is in the summer and it was a summer sport. But then the next year after one season of softball, I started playing organized football and sure. tackle yeah. football. Yep. Right. So, so everyone kind of gives, yeah, everyone yeah. gives my mom a hard time about that. Like you wouldn't let them play baseball, but yeah. then you let them play football. <laughs> And uh, she sort of got, you know, kind of talked into it by a, uh, a coworker of hers who was starting a youth football team. And um, when I was always in the backyard, like throwing the football around. So anyways, some of my like best friends were the ones that I grew up playing these, these sports with. Yeah. And, you know, um, a lot of their parents were the coaches on the teams and they would bring them to practice, just like you're talking about. And then the parents would be there coaching the team. And, um, you know, them are some of the best relationships that I remember establishing when I was younger. Yep. And I still keep in touch with them. Some of those folks, even though I've moved away from home numerous times, right? I've moved several times. So I would imagine you're you're seeing the same thing. Like a lot of these kids are starting when they're in middle school or, or even younger. And then some of them probably go to high school together. Some of them probably go to different high schools and yep. they end up competing yeah. against each yeah. other. And, um, but I bet you they're still really good friends, even if they're they going are. to different yeah. schools. They are. Yeah. And uh, probably the best example of that, um, again, so my daughter's a junior at Arapahoe High School. And they were state champions this year. I think they finished fourth in the country. And then, you know, Cherry Creek is also one of the top girls programs in in the nation as well. 
And we have got Colorado Coyotes on Arapahoe's team. We've got some Coyotes on the Cherry Creek team. And it's pretty amazing, like, the, the talent level on these teams. And all the girls are really good friends. They'll go out and grab dinner together. And, you know, and you're, I, was, I was telling my daughter, I was like, I was like Man, you know, you got, like, eight girls or so that are just having dinner together. They're, like, Division One level runners, you yeah. know? Like, you just don't see that very often, you know, this right. small little pocket in the south suburbs of Denver with, like, mm-hmm. that much running talent. And, you know, especially on the, on the girls' side anyway, because you've yeah. got – two two teams just right here neighboring high schools that are amongst the best in the in the country it's, yeah it's, it's really crazy so, yeah and I've kind of yeah. been just like thrust into that just based on you know meeting you and meeting yeah. other people here in in the gym um who are connected with these programs and um I've been humbled a little bit in my running uh experience because like you had mentioned there are some middle school boys that are like pushing you and you can't quite keep up with them. Well, there are like middle school or young freshman female runners here (laughs) that are running times in like these races. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't think I've ever run that fast for a, for a 5k or for a mile or whatever. And, uh, man, they are, they're really talented. Yeah. You know, I, I was having this conversation with a friend not long ago, just about youth sports in general. And I, you know, I think we've kind of reached a weird time where you know you think back to when you and I were in high school right like I think the average kid was a better all-around athlete than Mm -hmm. they are today right like there's a lot of kids again right they play way too many video games they're not active at all and we've like swung to to one side there on the pendulum but then the kids at the top are crushing it in ways that you know like I didn't know any kids like that growing up in high school right like I didn't know a single kid they went to a personal trainer mm-hmm. twice a week, <laughs> you know, like you're going yeah. to the lion's den and working out with a guy who knows running, knows lifting, right? Like those just didn't happen, um, right. nor the access, you know, in, in running in any way that these guys have access to coaching mm-hmm. that, you know, some of the top coaches in the area are very, very good and really yeah. know their stuff. And what you're really seeing now is like in, on the track side, coming off the COVID year, like the times to qualify for state in Colorado. I mean, they dropped almost, I want to say probably close to like four seconds, maybe five wow. in like the mile for the boys and the girls. So again, that's right, a big the, jump. Yeah. You know, like again, the, the, the kids at the top, they're probably working harder than kids did 15, 20 years ago. The yep. coaching is so much better again, because you have all these coaches that talk to each other and they're mostly, you know, they're, pretty willing to kind of tell you what the top programs are doing. And then again, right. You've got things like YouTube, you've got podcasts. Yeah. I mean, the, the information is out there. If you want to be a better coach, you just yeah. got to go out there and consume it. Cause most people are very open with it. And again, right. I go back to my high school era and I didn't have the internet at home. I didn't. So it's like maybe a copy of runner's world, but I mean, I was, I was pretty clueless in terms of what, you know, some of the the top kids are doing. And, you know, even my daughter and I, we were watching, uh, a flow track video. They're called workout Wednesdays where they go to mm-hmm. high schools or colleges. And it was one on, on NC state, which is the national champs last year, women's cross country, you know, and we're watching some of these girls and they're doing a workout running, you know, finishing up, finishing up doing some eight hundreds and the girls are going like two twenty six, two twenty one, two nineteens, And they're just on these practice eight hundreds. And, you know, yeah. both my daughter and I are like, wow. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, years ago, you just had no idea what, top college kids were doing and now right. now kids can see it right totally. you know they 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 know what 
what what goes on at the top high schools. Again, the Newberry Park's a great example. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with them. I don't they, think I am. No. So Newberry Park is probably the greatest high school boys team ever. And mm-hmm. they have uh, essentially four guys. Well, three, three of them broke the high school record at the running lane cross country championships anyway. But again, right. They have, um, there's two brothers, Leo and Lex young, but they have their own YouTube channel. My daughter watches it a lot. You know, they're just like, Hey, these are the workouts we're doing. This is our races we're going to. Yeah. And, and you're just like, man, it, it is a different time that, you know, you can actually see what the top, top kids are doing, you know, yeah. and that, that didn't exist, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you were, you yeah. were pretty clueless as to, how hard the hardest guys were out there working. So. Yeah, you're totally right. And, you know, not only has like coaching evolved and the science of exercise and everything that we know has evolved, but we've seen some of these like amazing elite athletes, you know, think of people like Tom Brady, LeBron James, yep. who, and you find out like how they're taking care of their body. Yep. Well, that's a big shift that I've seen is, yeah. you know, <laughs> what I remember before like football practice in high school was a lot of my teammates I usually wouldn't do this. And it was more because I wasn't putting money into, into the vending machine, but it'd be like people eating Doritos and Cheetos, like literally five minutes before we, we run out to football practice. Well, and you still see a little bit of that today, Mm -hmm. but not with the top people that you're talking about. You don't see that. You see that with the average person and you're right. There's, there's a lot of sedentary activities going on, video games and whatnot, like you mentioned, but, um, yeah, there, there's just a better understanding of how to optimize your performance. Mm-hmm. And so what I want to kind of get into is I remember when I was in high school, um, like I mentioned, I didn't run cross country. I was doing three other sports, right? So I was very much a multi-sport athlete. Right. I was playing football and then literally it was like football straight into wrestling, straight into track. And even if, you know, if we went deep into the playoffs in football, I would even be like delayed getting into yeah. wrestling season. Yep. And I joined the team, you know, a couple of weeks in same thing with track is there's a lot more sports special specialization going on today, right? There's kids playing like club soccer all year round or hockey all year round. And from the, you know, the physical uh, rehab side of things, what I know the data says is that specializing at a really, really young age increases the chances for injuries and for burnout and things like that. Um, But also, you know, that's what's like marketed to these parents Mm -hmm. is, if you want your kid to be a division one athlete, they need to get in this club team like right now right. at a young age. Otherwise they're not going to have the talents to, to do that. How have you battled sort of some of that? Because now you mentioned, you know, kids are coming in here and they're working out their resistance training, they're doing other stuff. So they're not like only running right. all the yep. time, yep. but, uh, but how have, how have you seen that kind of impact what's going on? Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by it and, you know, Two of my favorite books are, you know, David Epstein's uh, Sports Gene and Great Range. Book. Yeah, you know, there. So I, it's a topic I think about all the time, right? And I'm, I'm one of the, the biggest advocates of playing multiple sports. You know, mm-hmm. I think, you know, definitely at a young age. You know, I can, I can tell you, my own kids, my daughter, Ava, played basketball, really good basketball player, and she, this was her first year not playing basketball. So mm-hmm. from kindergarten all the way up to her sophomore year of high school, she played basketball. And it was, it was really hard for her not to, but, you know, it's one of the challenges now, especially, you know, you go to a big high school is that the sports now bleed into each other way more. They did when when you and I were in school where it was like, you know, again, right. When you're talking about when your sport ended, it was done right now, a sport ends like cross country, 
And there's these other options of, hey, we're going to go to um, Nike Cross Nationals, yeah. right? That's two weeks after state. And then if you have a really good team um, in a non-COVID year, you could qualify for Nike Nationals, which, mm-hmm. you know, again, my daughter's team would have. And then that puts you into December, month right? Later, and so, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, for, for my daughter, you know, she was running, um, she knew she was going to do the running lane championships with her team. And that's early December, mm-hmm. you know, so we're sitting there and I'm just like, you know, like, Ava, I don't know how you balance playing basketball two hours a day and then yeah. trying to run for this five week period. Yeah. And then, you know, you also, you know, if you do make this decision, maybe you're not running as high of a level at the meet when you get there. And are you going to be able, you know, that could impact your team, you know, her yep. team's really good. And so this was the first year she made that switch. And then, you know, my other son, he plays basketball. I played lacrosse for a long time as well. So I think, especially right for running, right. It's just such a, a forward motion yep. that those other sports like basketball and soccer, they're great to work in there with them where you, you still get lots of aerobic work, but you get the, the ability of, you know, moving sideways and, yeah. and working, working all those other joints. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not one to say, you know, specialize. And, you know, I would say, you know, maybe by the time though, you, you get to high school, that might be a, you know, a conversation you need mm-hmm. to, to have with yourself because, um, you know, on the flip too, I'll talk with kids and parents who are, maybe say above average in two sports, mm-hmm. but they could be really good in one sport and do yep. it in college as well. And you got to make that decision of, well, Hey, do I, you know, kind of go a little bit more all in, yeah. um, in pursuing that. So, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's tough. And like, again, times have changed in that and it's not gotten any easier. And I, I know yeah. the same thing too. Like, again, my daughter used to play club basketball and, you know, that's, kids are playing in the summertime there, you know, it's, it's, it's become a, a year round activity. Anyway, Absolutely. So, yeah. And, you know, I was never in a, never in a position where I was on any of these like traveling teams and yep. stuff. And um, I remember my younger brother, like almost joined this like traveling, um, you know, tackle football sure. league that would have been traveling all over the place. And at the time we just weren't in a position from a family standpoint <laughs> where the finances were going to work out for that. Yeah. And my mom and dad were like, you know, sorry, Matthew, that's just, that's just not, we can't do that. Right. Um, but that was really the only opportunity we had from like a traveling standpoint. And like you had mentioned, there is so much more information out there now. And like, you know, what the top people are doing from Mm -hmm. across country, or you have access to it to just watch a YouTube video of a practice. The only time I ever, ever really got introduced to that when I was growing up was I grew up in Southeastern Wisconsin in the, um, I believe it's a division two program. I might be wrong on that, but uh, the university of Wisconsin Parkside campus yeah. has a cross country yeah, course. Yeah. That's well known. Foot locker. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Actually it's not foot locker anymore. It's was it East Bay. Yeah. I, East Bay. I don't yeah. even remember, yeah. but yeah, they would hold a big meet every year. And um, you know, I, after I got out of um, out of my undergrad of college, when I was like running track and playing football, and I had a clinical rotation and I lived at my parents' house for that. I ran on that course a bunch oh, yeah, of times, yeah. but that was like the only time when you really got to see people like travel in from like sure. other parts of yep. the country to run yep. this big race. And, um, cause otherwise I just knew what was going on in the, you know, the schools around me and the, the conferences around me and stuff. I didn't know what was happening in Colorado or California right. yep. or anything like that. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and even, even in the track season, right. Like they're, there are kids right now going out to Arcadia meet in California and Mm -hmm. there are other high schools that are taking some of their top kids to the Texas relays or the Chandler invite. And um, again, right. It's 
the kids want to race against really good competition and yeah. especially even more so for Colorado kids, right? If you're a distance runner, yeah. you want to be able to go down to lower elevation to pop sure. some fast times anyway, which yeah. um, is, is a lot easier in the 1600 and the 3200. So there's probably even more incentive for Colorado kids to travel to, yeah. to some of these big meets. Makes sense. Rather, yeah. Than if you lived again in Illinois or something where you can still conceivably run some pretty fast times yeah. um, and not have to travel. Yeah. So. You're probably not going to go the other way, right? Yeah. Most, yeah, uh, yeah, most yeah, of us Midwest kids are not yeah, coming yeah, to Colorado. If, if Colorado <laughs> put on a big track meet, they, they probably wouldn't attract too many no, high school kids no, anyway. So. No, that'd be pretty hard to compete. Right. Um, but yeah, so the, you know, to kind of wrap up that sports specialization side of things, like if I could give recommendations to anybody, it would be yeah. almost in line with exactly what you said. Like there was such a, um, developmental protective benefit to playing a variety of sports and activities when you're young. And then, yeah, if you're going to start to like hone in on a particular sport or activity, I would probably recommend doing that in those high school years mm -hmm. where a lot of the development and growth has already happened and there's yep. still a little bit to come, yep. but you've, you've developed your tissues and your tendons and your joints from doing these variety of things early on. And that like four year period there of high school is plenty of time to, to really like get really good at something. I probably found myself in exactly that scenario you laid out where, you know, I was probably a little bit above average in multiple different sports yep. and I never really focused on one. I, yep. I thought about doing that. Um, cause I knew I wanted to, to continue playing football. I knew I wanted to do that in college. Um, and then my second best sport was, you know, track and football. I was like pretty yep. much on the same probably level. But, um, you know, I just had some really good friends on the wrestling team. And yeah. I thought in every year I sort of told my track coach, hey, I'm going to not wrestle next year so that I can run more over the winter. Sure. And, and that never ended up yeah. happening. I just kept wrestling and ended up getting above average at that um, and then focused on the two when I got to college. Yeah. But, um, you know, that was because I think football was probably my main sport. And I was playing quarterback and then, okay. you know, my genes didn't, uh, didn't bless me with uh, very much height. No one would ever confuse me for being tall. So, um, playing quarterback, trying to throw over some of these offensive linemen got yeah. pretty tough. There's not very many, uh, you know, Russell Wilson's and whatnot <laughs> out there in the world that are below six yeah. feet, uh, playing quarterback at a NFL caliber. So, you know, and I, and I think that's again, kind of getting back to, to Epstein's book that I was so fascinated with. And you, you also have, his argument of sampling, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's the the physical benefits of it, but again, right? Like, Hey, maybe your kid's a lot better at lacrosse than soccer. So let's, you know, try a bunch of sports and, yeah. and, and figure that out. But, you know, kind of on your note too, the, the, the genetics argument or point, like I'm super fascinated with that as well. Yeah. And, you know, I, if you go on to say the, the Chassa website, you can look to see, you know, who's signed and, um, you know, with what colleges and like, so in, in, in Colorado, right. Which isn't known as a basketball state, you can pull up and, you know, in most years, Colorado is lucky to have three to four boys in the entire state that will go on to play division one basketball, mm -hmm. which, which is pretty crazy to think about, especially when you think about, again, parents who spend so much money on club basketball and all that. And actually on the girls side, they, they fare way better. But again, you know, you're talking about the, the, those genetics of, you know, you probably need to be well above six foot and you probably need to be between six, three and seven mm -hmm. foot to really play at that level. And there's the, the state doesn't produce that a lot, that much talent, but then you go over to an Illinois or Texas and you probably got 
you know, 40 some kids coming out of there per year that are going on to that level. And, and then on the flip cross country or uh, Colorado produces an insane amount of cross country talent, right? We right. have a great endurance community here and probably those parents are more likely to get their kids in there. So, you know, Colorado for not being a populous state produces, you know, a lot of really good, good talent. So, yeah. And just, just to make sure everybody's on the same page, if you are interested in finding out some more information out of those books that, uh, that Simon referenced, um, both by David Epstein range, why generalists triumph in a specialized world and the sports gene inside the science of extraordinary athletic performance. Um, they're both phenomenal. They're, yeah, they're yeah, so yeah. interesting. And, you know, that even kind of like makes me think about some of these like Malcolm Gladwell books too, yeah. like outliers yeah. and the tipping point type of thing. Like, you know, if you're playing, um, you know, multiple sports and you're, you're like pretty good at both at some point, if you do want to take that to like a really, really high level, there may become a little tipping point of mm-hmm. like, which, which one am I going to focus on? Um, you know, not that you couldn't be amazing in both, but the percentage chances that that's going to happen is is just smaller, right? Like, you know, we know some of these people like to kind of go back to Russell Wilson type of thing. He could be drafted or was drafted by an MLB team. Right. And, and also decided to play football, but there's a very few and far between number of people that do that. Um, the number of people that go on to excel in one activity is much, much more, right. of course. And so, then, and then the, the, the counter, right. Is that that genetics argument is so strong that mm-hmm. a guy like LeBron yeah. probably could have played several Absolutely. pro sports, right. He could, have been a, he could have been an NFL tight end had he wanted to, you know, right. Yeah. Like there aren't that many six foot eight, 280 pound no. guys that roll out of roll out of high school. I mean, he, you know, again, Serena Williams, probably the same thing, you know, probably yeah. could have played, college basketball could have done a number volleyball. I mean, totally. what, you know, any of those type of sports because they are, mm-hmm. they are just so, so gifted anyway. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, you know, we even sort of see that um, this weekend is the, the master's golf tournament. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times people will think, you know, golf is not a very athletic sport, right. but man, Tiger Woods, I remember hearing some, uh, I guess statistics is the word, but some, um, information about like other workouts that he has done when right, he was, yeah. when he was younger, like kind of in his prime. Yeah. And this was specifically about running. I remember hearing on the radio or reading somewhere about like a workout he was doing a cardio workout in like the 400 time that he was able to run oh, right, was yeah. amazing. Yeah, like it was yeah. a very fast 400 right, time right. and running's not even like the yep. thing that he does. Right. And it's just like, he's just a freak phenomenal athlete. Yeah. Um, Cause you're totally right. These other people, they could have excelled in numerous different sports yeah. if that's what they decided to take that yeah. path. Um, so, so getting back to the coyotes. Um, so say, you know, there's a parent here in town that um, their, their kid is interested in, in signing up for the team or they're interested in sure. having their children come up for the team. Um, how many days a week are practices is racing a requirement yep. for the team? Like what if someone wanted to sign up? Yeah. So best way to sign up, just coloradocoyotes.com. We've got a ton of information there on our website. Um, With regards to practices, we have practices going on Monday through Thursday. So typically what we tell parents is, hey, it's a good idea just to make it to two practices per week. We've got lots of locations again, because we have kids in the all over the South suburbs and then the Denver location anyway. So right now we're in our spring summer season. So it's a little bit more laid back and we just do one 5k per month, typically as a team, um, which is kind of a little disadvantage just to the, the younger kids anyway, who aren't quite there anyway. Um, 
And those are totally optional, especially mm-hmm. in our spring summer season. And then we are off the month of August, which works out really well because it's typically, you know, 90 degrees every afternoon. So <laughs> it's a good time to be off. And then in September, we start off with our cross country season and that's where we're competing against some of the other clubs in Colorado. Um, to me, it's kind of like the most fun part of the season. And yeah. then, you know, the way that the season unfolds um, and again, kind of getting back, things have been a little bit weird the last couple of years with COVID anyway, we would have um, a regional meet and then we would go on it, kids can qualify from a, a regional meet to the national meet. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of gives parents an opportunity to travel, um, which is a lot of fun. And I would say maybe 25% of the kids on our team will go to the national meet. Um, yeah. Last year was in Charlotte. It's kind of been all over the United States. Anyway. Yeah. So um, um, yeah. It's kind of the nice thing you get the sport, right? It's not club basketball where you're traveling six times the over time. the summer. Mm-hmm. It's generally just one kind of trip at the at the end of the year. And again, that's optional. So, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, and, you know, you will be able to get in touch with Simon. Obviously, if you, you want to check out the Coyotes, visit that website that he mentioned. But you also do race timing, right? Do, so, yeah. you know, I'll see I'll yeah. see you this weekend at a race that, that we're going to be working. Um but I'm sure you're open to it. Of course, um, maybe not like right when the race is finishing type of thing, but if, um, people are out there running a local race, you may be timing it. They can probably come up and chat with you and find out some more information there. Definitely. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm generally available to, to chat at races, actually the, this race coming up, um, I'll be running it, rocking on the river, Mm -hmm. Milton Hudson gardens. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's part of my job chatting with parents and yep. telling them about the club anyway. So yeah. I love it. See, that's what I love to do. I love to get us organized in races so that we can go work it, but then I like yeah, to yeah. run the race yeah, while I'm there. In, yep. I'll hop in the race and then yeah. I'll finish it. Um, but it kind of works out well because yeah. there's generally not much going on once the race starts, right. you know, so you're exactly. like, Hey, I can, I can get in here and then that way I don't feel like I need to go home and then get a run in or a workout. In, yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. Get, get my workout in while I'm there. Yep. Well, Simon, this has been fun. Um, yeah. you, you already sort of mentioned this with like the coyotes, but, um, just to kind of make sure we put this in the show notes and everything, if somebody did want to find out more information, um, or maybe bring their kid out to check out a practice or something and, and get in touch with you, what's the best way that people can, can reach you, um, if you want to share any contact yeah. information, yeah. So again, ColoradoCoyotes.com. We have all of our information there. We also have a contact form, so you can submit that, and uh, we'll get right back to you. But yeah, that's one of the questions we have too. Is you know we have a lot of parents like I don't know if my kid will like this or not. Can I come? You know, we're like, hey, come check out a week, um, or, you know, a couple practices, and yep. if you like it, sign up. If you don't, you know, not a big deal. That's you know, right. running running is definitely not for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's it's a hard sport. So yeah. <laughs> we realized that as well. So we wouldn't make anyone um, commit if they were unsure of it. So, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I really, again, appreciate you being here. Yeah, hopping on here. this. Um, this was a fun conversation with me. It's always fun to talk about running, but then when we start talking about, you know, specializing in sports and injuries and all this stuff, yeah. um, I really get jazzed up. Yeah, so no, definitely. thanks again for your time. We'll see you at the race this weekend. And for all of you, thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Code with Simon Escorcia. Have a great rest of your day and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.